Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. All right. Welcome back, queens. We have Robin Cruz and her husband, Tim, here to share about their newest adventure, but we'll wait till we get to interview to drop that surprise. But we'll start with a little bit of background on Robin. She is an internationally recognized author and speaker that has published Making Peace with Your Plate with Espra Andrews, which will enter in second edition in fall 2019. Her work and recovery story have been featured internationally in media outlets, including Refinery21, Yahoo Style, and Psychology. Today, Good Morning Washington, NPR Radio, and among many others. Having struggled and found recovery from mental health disorders, Robin serves as Director of Advocacy Consultant for Eating Recovery Center and has an integral presence in two Facebook communities, Eating Recovery and Binge Eating Connection, combining a total of 250,000 plus followers. As a successful Australian film, TV, and theater actor, Robin holds a master's degree in performing arts and is a sought-after keynote speaker, educating on mental wellness, addiction, and and the recovery from. She also trains on the body conversation, how to have a relationship with your body and the food you put in it. In February 2019, Robin and her family will commence their passion and project, Wide Wonder, where they will travel around the United States in a converted school bus to inspire new perspectives on mental health and addiction. Robin and Tim, thanks for joining the show. And Robin, since we have an honorary queen today, can you give us a little (laughs) background about your husband? (laughs) <laughs> or Tim, if you want or to Tim, introduce you too. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is my husband, Tim Harrington, and um, he is one of my all-time top um, inspirations. Yeah. Uh, he is not only um, dedicated to helping our families, individuals struggling with um, addiction and mental health issues, Um but personally, he has supported me in my own journey of recovery and lifts me up and reminds me of my value and my worth when sometimes I fail to recognize it. And, um, yeah, he's one of my favorite people in the universe <laughs> most Aww. days. Well, we are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, you sound pretty lucky. <laughs> I, I am. I actually am, yeah. Um, Well, let's get started. Um, Robin, tell us a bit about how you got started as a mental health advocate. Yeah, so, you know, I had struggled with my own issues uh, from the age of 11 through to 29, um, and that was with eating disorder, and then I struggled with substance use. And then, you know, like anybody with an eating disorder, you know, you can get recovery from an eating disorder, but other mental health issues such as anxiety and depression need to be um, 
worked on, you know, maintained. Uh, and, you know, I had written a book, um, The Making Peace With Your Plate. And um, I just, I thought that that was going to put my story and my journey of recovery to bed. I just thought, you know, I'd I'll write about it, I'll pack it up in a nice little bow and then I'll publish it and on I go to the next part. Mm-hmm. But what I was left with was this deep desire to uh, use my voice um, to really make a difference and to really help others find recovery and break the stigma. And later on, I actually decided that a lot of it was also for me because I still had personal stigma. So, mm-hmm. you know... Um, inside and outside kind of job, really. Well, we're so glad that you're taking your voice and you're taking your voice on the road. So share with us how you and Tim decided to literally hit the road with your advocacy work. And it's so exciting. And I hope everybody checks out the the bus. (laughs) Yeah. So Wide Wonder is our passion project. And, you know, there was a couple of things that happened. Uh, We went home and we visited my father and my um, other family in Sydney, Australia, which is where I grew up. And my dad, a very hardworking, loving human being, um, was placed into an assisted living at the age of 73. And, you know, Mm. my dad has his own story to tell. It's not mine to tell. But I will say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree And I remember having this moment in Australia where I looked at him and I thought, you know, the only difference between you and me is that I grew up in an era where, uh, although there's a great deal of stigma, it is not as painful as what he grew up in. Mm -hmm. Also, the other elements are is that I'm educated on mental health and I have the resources to get the help that I need. And so when I came home, um, you know, Tim and I started speaking about it. And, you know, Tim has um, been working at mental health advocacy for far longer than me. And, you know, he had his own epiphany. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about that, babe? Um, Sure, yeah. My, uh, you know, I'm I'm 53 years old. I'll be 54 at the end of the month. And you, you... the older you get and the more experience you have and hopefully wisdom you gain, you start to see the world in a different way. It's just part of aging and growing up. Um, And so what hit me was that I want to have a legacy project for myself and my family as, as the leader of this family, Robin and I both, we started talking about what is it that we want to bring to our children? How do we want to leave them with an impression about what it is to live in a world where, people who have mental illness or addiction are not treated equally mm-hmm. and with respect like people with other health issues. And since we are people who have struggled with those issues, we wanted to leave them with the impression that they should be able to talk about it like they would talk about a broken arm. Mm-hmm. We want them to be able to step out of the stigma and the shame um, that surrounds this and be able to not only deal with their own issues, if they have them, but to be there for others. And so what better way to do that than as a family to go out there and, and speak about what it is to live in a world that discriminates and stigmatizes people with 
issues like eating disorder, mental illness, and substance use. Mm-hmm. And so combine that with a, a beautiful journey of awe and wonder of, of this country, it was just irresistible. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and I will say the, um, the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, if you like, um, was when we came back from Australia, um, I had a flare up of anxiety and it was crippling to the point of panic attacks, uh, cycling uh, for days uh, with very little ease. And I remember um, a shocking moment when I was experiencing them. I went into this thought process of like, you're a mental health advocate. You shouldn't have to ask for help. Mm. You know, what will people think of you as a mental health advocate if they know that you still struggle? And I had this moment of, oh, my God, you as a mental health advocate are struggling with personal stigma. Well, what about all your other peers? How, how must they feel? Mm-hmm. And that was a real wake-up call for me. And it was kind of like the universe saying you have to do this and you have to really start with breaking your own stigma towards yourself because that's not true. You know, mm-hmm. it's not true that you live happy ever after and that you don't need to ask for help just because what you do is um, surrounding, supporting people get the help that they need. So you must walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. walking the walk in this kind of wonderful world and going out and being in wide wonder, that's why, you know, the wide wonder of it uh, of the world and also in my own recovery. Wow, that's beautifully authentic. I think you're right. It's hard to want to ask for help. And we're blessed as being mental health clinicians that we're Mm -hmm. in case consultations and peer supervision that we forget that a lot of times it's hard to continually ask for that. So we're Mm -hmm. glad that you're taking on this uh, passion and we can't wait for it to come through Kansas City. So (laughs) (laughs) tell us Kansas City, here we come. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially we got the Chiefs right now. Get on the bus. (laughs) You may regret asking. Oh, maybe maybe after this weekend in the snowstorm. But (laughs) can can you tell us a little bit of what what that looks like? What does what does the bus kind of how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, So it's, you know, it's evolved. We've been working on this for a year. So it's evolved throughout the months. Um, but we have solidified it to 365 days and 30 events across the United States. And those 30 events are going to be going into um, cities and communities and families and talking about um, what's going on in their community. How can we work together to break stigma so that people can ask for help? How can we guide them to be the resources? And, you know, we've been incredibly blessed that we have Eating Recovery Centre is partnering up with us to help us do that. Um, and we will be going into these communities and giving them ways to kind of make a difference to be the change. Mm-hmm. Oh, sounds super cool. What do your kids think of this? I bet they love it. <laughs> they love this idea of the, uh, you know, being on the bus. We've actually been homeschooling them for the last three months, which is, mm-hmm. you know, been. Let's just say it's been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> um, they're super excited. They they do 
you know, uh, we have two daughters and they're, they're tweens. And mm. our eldest daughter mm. said to us, you know, can this also be about fun, mm-hmm. mom? You know, because, you know, they know how passionate we are, especially me. I can get so focused on work. And um, she's just like, you know, we need this needs to be about fun as well. And that's a really great reminder. You know, you can help others. And you can go out and you can be passionate and do what you need to do. And you need to feel yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what made me. So I was on LinkedIn and I think I saw like the shell of the bus. I'm like, what is this? And then like the more I was reading, I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Like what a great way to like put out mental health in a fun way that's going to get everybody interested, that can go globally really easily. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's fantastic and definitely unique. I don't it's know very, that there's... Uh, Ma- Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bus is a vehicle, excuse the pun, for us being able to speak about it in a different way than we normally do, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think... I think it works for that point where it makes people want to come out and want to have a, a discussion because um, it's still, it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about mental health. It shouldn't be, but it still is. And so our hope is that it just becomes a part of a, a conversation and, and we all become more curious about mental health opposed to, to judgmental. Yeah. What made you come up with the name Wide Wonder? So Tim is still, still, Tim was on the fence about this one. Wide wonder. Uh, you pushed him over though, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you won that Can one. Can you tell that from my personality already? No. <laughs> um, do you want to try to have a... Well, we had a team. We literally yeah. decided from the beginning that this is too big for just us. We needed to have a team. We needed to have some different perspective it's sort of like, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. It's hard when you feel as strongly about something that you do. It helps like you two working together to really support each other. And you can expand and you can become more powerful when you work with others. And so that was a big part of how we were going to move forward with this project. And we were lucky enough through lots of different really amazing connections with people that we love and trust. We ended up with these people who, when we had their first meeting, what was glaringly obvious to me is that they were on board, they were present, they were listening, they were there and they have their own personal story. And so it just came together like, you know, very divinely, I would say, um, in terms of who we ended up working with. And so I had I had to let go and had to trust the process, which is what I tell all my clients, trust the process. And so mm-hmm. I had to do that myself. And by doing that, something really spectacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wide wonder for us represents curiosity it represents a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So when we go inclusivity and inclusivity um, and, you know, wonder, mm-hmm. let's, let's be, let's be curious mm-hmm. about really what's going on because we have a narrative that we as a society hear about mental health. You know, we look at in the, um, media and the news, you hear mental health come up when there's horrible uh, shootings. Yes. Mm-hmm. You hear it associated with poor you. Oh, that's horrible. When actually, here's the thing. People that get recovery from mental health issues, they go on to live absolutely 
rich, fulfilling, mm-hmm. abundant life mm-hmm. and they contribute greatly to society. And we don't hear that story. And there is something so exciting about being able to bring that uh, to our society, you know, mm-hmm. so to go out into these communities and to be in one, to get curious about your community. Who's there? Who's struggling? Who needs help? Who's had recovery? Who's living amazing lives? Who has taken those lessons from mental health and used them for the greater good? Because there's so many people out there. Mm-hmm. And so let's get curious about that. Yeah. So on that note, how does one get the bus to come to them? (laughs) Well, you can go to our website at widewonder.live and you can go to the connect page and you can email us. And uh, yeah, it's a metaphorical as well as a, a virtual as well as a real thing. We can't we like to say that we can't help everybody, but everybody can help someone. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of empowering and inspiring people through this process of connecting around wide wonder is a a huge part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, New perspectives for me is the idea of we have national overdose awareness day. And I say, let's Mm -hmm. have national recovery awareness day. So that's the idea of, of, of new perspective is that we get caught in this sort of bias Mm -hmm. towards the negative and towards the dramatic in a negative way. And we're saying that's what needs to change. Yes. So if you want an event near you or you want to be a part of what we're doing or come and speak at your organization. Yeah. If you want us to come and speak at your organization, if you want to use your voice, if you have a story and you want to use your voice, let us know so that we can help you with our platforms to get that out. There are many ways that we can be a part of change in the way that we view mental health and addiction. And it doesn't have to be, you know, just getting verbal about your story and broadcasting it. It could be talking to a friend or a family member about it. It could be reaching out to your local um, senators. It can be um, signing up to our um, e-newsletter and uh, doing, doing your part, signing a petition. It can be many, many different things. You don't have to just get out on a bus and take your family, sell your house. And- <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be black and white. We're very, we, we tend to be a, a little more on the extreme. <laughs> we, we, our personality is very adventurous and mm-hmm. it is very wide wonder. It's not an accident that we're doing this. And we couldn't be more excited about what is coming for us that we don't know about. Yeah. This is a lot about, that's the wonder part. Like what in the heck is this going to be like? And that is part of the excitement. That is part of what continues to drive us towards this. Because we joke all the time where we look at each other and we're like, are we sure we want to do this? Is this really happening? You know, and, and it is. And, and, and it helps sort of to remind us about what recovery is. And that is sort of staying out of the results and just being in the moment and being in the present and living in the moment of connection that you have all around you that is so valuable and beautiful and so powerful. Yeah, it's not lost on me that we're not only going out to advocate for others and to see a change um, in the in our communities and the narrative for mental health and addiction, but 
we're also doing it for our own recovery. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate the fact that you're saying recovery and recover doesn't mean that you don't have mm-hmm. struggles. You know, we had Dr. Mm-hmm. Anita Johnson on here that said it's the suppression of that that leads to the disorder. And I think that's lifelong. We're always going to have struggles. And the more that we can reach out for help and ask for support, the better off we're going to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. I lo- yeah. What I love about your whole family doing this is that you're giving a voice to um, – those struggling with mental health and the recovery, but you're also giving a voice to kind of the caregivers and support that don't have a very large voice either of um, going through this process as a family and together and support. So I love that as well. Well, that's my specialty. That's what I've been working on for the last 10 years is giving voice to the ones who get uh, just sort of the crumbs of the process. And what I know for a fact in over these last 10 years is that when we, you know, develop equanimity around the recovery process by including the people who have necessarily been driving it for a long time. And then once they get involved in the process more on a more professional level, they're sort of pushed to the side and that just doesn't work. It's not good math. And so the idea of rising up as a family member and giving them the power and the handholds and the footholds to make them powerful in this process makes mm-hmm. all the difference in the outcome. Mm-hmm. I like that powerful world because many feel helpless right. and don't know what mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, family members are equally stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, they feel it a lot. I mean, I when I talk to family members, most of them are really beaten up by the process. Yeah. Um, sure. They're continually labeled as enablers mm-hmm. and all of these different things that really just aren't helpful. And mm-hmm. so when they meet me, we really turn it upside down and immediately I get them the power back that they need in order to be effective in this process and to contribute in a really powerful way to their loved one's recovery. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, well, we love to leave every interview with um, how you guys live out the fit philosophy. So both of you, when things are stressed or how do you balance performance, health, intellect, and time for self when you guys are on the road? On the road again. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think about that a lot. Oh my gosh, I yeah. really do. You know, I there are certain things that I have come to know are critical for my recovery um, and I have to do them on a daily basis. Um, and it's really hard for me because I'm such a people pleaser, but I have learned that I must put myself first mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to my recovery. And that means I eat three meals a day. I exercise 30 minutes a day. I pause and I look at my girls and I, you know, I rely on my support team, you know, because I am like a bull in a china store when it comes <laughs> to, <laughs> when it comes to work. I will mm-hmm. overwork myself um, and I, I look at, I look to Tim, you know, mm-hmm. I look to my girls, I, and I ground myself in family and, and, uh, and wide wonder, Yep. you know? Yeah. Our highest value, we're living in our highest values and family is it. And so mm-hmm. we rely on each other as a team. We live an intentional life in terms of what it really means to be a family and that connects us and connects us and grounds us and inspires us. Mm-hmm. and reminds us that um, that that we're in this together mm-hmm. and we're totally 100% committed to this process and to each other and to our growth and mm-hmm. to and to experiencing this world at a level that we're allowed to that we get to do this we yeah. that's the way i look at it i don't have to do anything i get to do 
many great things. And for a long, long time, I didn't believe that. And so I'm living a life on the other side of the same coin. And it's been just remarkable to just be in this process with Robin and these kids that <laughs> that are hanging around and we're like, <laughs> we joke, we joke all the time. It's like, when are their parents coming to pick them up? When is this, when is our, when is our, our uh, stint over? So but, that feeling but, doesn't but, change, right? No, <laughs> we're done. No, we, we, we feel so lucky to spend the amount of time that we have with our kids because mm-hmm. we're in no hurry to push them out of the nest and we're mm-hmm. not. And we feel, we feel that's not unhealthy. We feel that, you know, there's plenty of time for them to, to fly. So mm-hmm. we, we want to spend as much time as we can. Yeah. Aww. Well, well thank, thank yeah. you guys for coming on and Kara and I are definitely save a seat for us when the bus comes through Kansas city. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Can't wait. <laughs> we will. Maybe we could do an event together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on what you're doing is super cool. And, um, um, you're doing such great work. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm. Bye, Queen. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing soon of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com, to find out when the release date is set and when it will be on Amazon. Bye, Queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, Queens.